Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back, everybody. It's 9.06, as you just heard here in St. Louis, and this is At Your Service here on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Howdy. Hello and welcome back to the second hour. My name is Dave Simons. No, this is not my usual gig, although I seem to be on a regular rotating list of uh, fill-in hosts here on At Your Service, and I'm loving every minute of it. So I thank the powers that be at KMOX to have me on um, every week or two or so. I don't know the next time I am on, but um, I'll show up probably at some point when there's not a Cardinals game and they need uh, some guy to fill in on the evening. So uh, happy to do it. Uh, There is the day job for those of you who are not familiar with what I do for a living. I am a certified financial planner or CFP among friends. I uh, head up a wealth management group. Uh, We manage money for high net worth individuals. And that's what I've been doing for about three decades. So that's the day job. This is where I get to have fun. I don't have to always talk just about financial stuff as I've done for 26 years on my Dollars and Cents show, which you hear on KMOX on Sunday afternoons, sometimes. So you hear a lot more Dollars and Cents when there is not a baseball season. But now that the season is back, you will not hear much from me on Sunday afternoons because of this team that we know as the St. Louis Cardinals. And they happen to actually take airtime on Sunday afternoons. And I am more than happy to step aside for most of the next six months and give it to them. And by the way, what an opening day, huh? Nine to nothing. Wayno looking great. No walks. Six innings. Look great. Tyler O'Neill. Yeah, he's back. Is he going to be the MVP this year? I mean, is that, I mean, seriously. I guess if there is any disappointment and it's one game, Albert, great to see the big standing ovation. I'm like the typical Cardinal fan. It was great to see him again. Although it was weird, you know, it was like we were in a time warp. I I wasn't at the game, um, but watching it on, on television and to see him in a Cardinals uniform, just like, wow. It's like I went to sleep 10 years ago and I just woke up and here we are again. It was really kind of a weird thing to see him back in a Cardinals uniform, but a great thing. But anyway, he went 0 for 5. You know what? It happens. He had 0 for 4 and 0 for 5 days, even when he was at his peak with the Cardinals back in the 2000s. So we'll see. The main thing is, even he would probably say, it doesn't matter. We won, right? We're 1-0. and We won 9 nothing. We'll take it. So a great day to start uh, the baseball season. The Cardinals, as you may know, are off tomorrow. and They'll go at it against the Pirates at home again on Saturday. All right, back to the task at hand. And, and 
This is a really important topic for me. I don't know if it is for you, but it really gets to kind of what our our, our culture has evolved into, or in this case, I should say devolved toward. And it's very, very unfortunate. I'm a guy who loves to engage in a very reasonable, responsible, and respectful way with people I disagree with. I love to have those conversations. So I'm like everybody else. I have certain viewpoints politically and um, on social issues as well. And we all have our own internal beliefs. And and we get those through a variety of factors, right? A lot of that has to do with how we're raised, what our parents believe. And we typically cling to that at first when we're young. And then we make our way into the world and we either build on what we were taught and what our parents always believed and passed on to us, or we kind of find our way differently because we have our own unique experience and say, and we say, look, I respect my parents, but I see the world a little differently. And, and um, I don't really agree with that anymore. And now I have my own beliefs. And there was a time where people could sit and have discussions and sometimes very loud discussions, but you walked away and you could still be friends with that person. But apparently we're in a world now where that's not allowed. And you, you look at some of the yelling and the screaming that even comes out of Washington, D.C., which is supposed to pass as just, hey, this is political discourse. And if you can't stand it, then this just isn't for you. Well, guess what? It's not even respectful. It's not decent. You should be better than that. And we have to look at ourselves and say, well, forget them. Then maybe it starts with us. I have a very curious mind. I just do. And I love to challenge myself. So if I have a certain belief, I have no problem going out and buying a book to say, I want to challenge myself. I don't think most people will do that. They won't, in in their opinions, why would I waste my time reading what the other side has to say? They're not even American. They're un-American. On one side, you're communists. On the other side, you're Nazis or you're fascists or whatever. And we yell and scream at each other. There's a reason I bring that up, and it has to do with Warren Buffett, of all people. Warren Buffett, I think most of you know, the Oracle of Omaha is known as the world's greatest investor. The guy's 91 years old. And he's, uh, I, you can certainly go online and read a lot more, but this, he was, he was a child prodigy. He made his first investment at like nine years old and made money. He just had that mind for it. He knows how to break down a financial balance sheet like nobody else, but even more than that, a certain vision of where a particular company is going. And he's been doing this for 70 years or so professionally. And a lot of people will look at him and say, well, he's lost his touch. He's an old guy and I know he's still active and he still runs Berkshire Hathaway with his 90, his 95 or 96 year old partner, Charlie Munger. So a couple of years ago, along comes a guy named Dave Portnoy. Dave Portnoy represents everything that I have a problem with in today's society. This is a guy in his mid-40s who is vulgar, not respectful, yells and screams, just drops four-letter words, every other word. He has no decency at all. But that is that attitude has become 
his calling card and what has what attracted a lot of people toward him, especially the younger male crowd. He founded something called Barstool Sports. Very different from me growing up reading the sporting news, and I'll just leave it at that. You can do your own research on Barstool Sports. More power to him, whatever. I don't care. Free country. The, the guy's made his mint. He's done very well for himself. But I drew a line a couple of years ago with Dave Portnoy, this this verbal bully who took to Twitter. Ah, here we go again. On June 9th of 2020, and he wrote, and I quote, I'm sure Warren Buffett is a great guy, but when it comes to stocks, he's washed up. I'm the captain now. I already knew who Portnoy was, and I just kind of rolled my eyes and go, yeah, that, that, that's what passes for discourse today. We can say that Warren Buffett, maybe he's lost his touch. He was great for 50 years. Um, but no, this guy, Dave Portnoy, that's in today's culture, apparently that's, that's too weak. You got to destroy a guy's character. So a few months later, later in 2020, Warren Buffett discloses that he has taken a large stake in a company known as Barrick Gold. So Dave Portnoy takes back to Twitter and he writes, old man Buffett buying tin while struggling to put in his dentures. Meanwhile, Elon Musk and I are mining it for free from the asteroids. Go Bitcoin or go home. So Dave Portnoy was the face of a lot of the meme stock investing that was going on in 2020. GameStop, he talked about that. AMC, of course, Bitcoin. And he's basically saying, Warren Buffett, you're an old grandpa. Go away. You're all washed up. I'm the captain now. Well, you don't hear Dave Portnoy talking too much about stocks these days because, well, Berkshire Hathaway stock. This is, this is Warren Buffett's company is only up 30% over the past year. Berkshire Hathaway is only up 15% year to date when the market's down. Oh, wait, there's a lot more. And I want to get to it because there's a second guy just today who came out against Warren Buffett. And there's another reason, a completely different reason why this is very upsetting. And he's yet another example of the degradation of the way that we discuss things with each other, with people we disagree. I'll be right back. It is 920 on 1120. You're listening to At Your Service. Dave Simons along with you tonight. Hello there. So I was talking about um, a guy like Dave Portnoy, the... Um, very out worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
from the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Spoken, brash, I would say even vulgar and classless founder of Barstool Sports. I give him credit. He's a great businessman. Uh, he's done very well for himself, but he's part of this new culture that if you really want to say that you disagree with someone, well, you got to destroy their character and you've got to call them a bunch of names and you have to do so in a very loud way. You get on social media and then you create a following of a lot of the younger generation who grows up believing that's how we're supposed to talk to one another. It's really disappointing to me and I think um, very troublesome. For me, I, I hope we go back in the other way. That's what societies do a lot. In fact, we've seen it in this country over the years, over generations. We push too far to one side and we see the pendulum swing back the other way. So hopefully we'll get sort of a cultural change that will show a little bit more respect and understanding when we talk to one another, especially when we disagree. Digressing a little bit back to the task at hand. So I talked about the fact that back in 2020, Dave Portnoy goes on Twitter, calls Buffett out, basically calls him an old man, has to put in his dentures. He's all washed up and Dave Portnoy now is the captain. Well, since that tweet came out on August 17th of 2020, Warren Buffett's company publicly traded Berkshire Hathaway is up 76 76% in a little bit more than a year and a half. Um, you don't have to be a math major to know that's a pretty darn good return. All the meme stocks that Portnoy was plugging back then, they all crashed, of course. Portnoy's still out there doing his thing, being loud and obnoxious. You don't really hear him talking too much about... Um, slamming Warren Buffett anymore. That's interesting. Uh, but, oh, by the way, the other thing that um, I talked about with Portnoy slamming Buffett, buying into Barrett Gold, 
Um, Barrick Gold is only up 23% over the past 12 months. I think I'd mentioned that. That was the same tweet where Dave Portnoy was also talking about how Bitcoin is the way to go. Uh, Bitcoin is down 27% over the past 12 months. So Barrick Gold is up 23. Bitcoin is down 27%. There is Warren Buffett, who has made billions strictly from investing and taking the long approach to things. And there's a there's another guy who just gets on Twitter and yells and screams and calls people names. I think that maybe I know who to follow. That's, I'm just saying. So I put that aside and I had kind of, I didn't know if I wanted to talk about this on the show. And I, I kind of had it as a pinch hitting topic if I felt like it. Well, it came to the fore because of something that broke today. And this is actually more upsetting to me because I really don't care about Dave Portnoy. I never really had any respect for him anyway. But I always liked Peter Thiel. Peter Thiel is a conservative guy out in Silicon Valley, and there are not a lot of them out there. And he's done very, very well for himself. He is a tech entrepreneur. He was the first investor, investor number one, in an unknown private company known as The Facebook, which eventually dropped the The and became, of course, Facebook. Yeah, he was number one. He's a co-founder of PayPal. I mean, the list goes on, Palantir Technologies. Peter Thiel knows what he's doing. Well, he also loves Bitcoin, loves Bitcoin. I'm agnostic. I don't care. I'm not even going to get into this. You love Bitcoin. You hate Bitcoin. I don't care. But he was at a Bitcoin conference in Miami today, and he called out several people who have had the temerity to not also believe in Bitcoin the way Peter Thiel does. JP Morgan's Jamie Dimon has said, yeah, I don't really understand it. I, I, I don't. I can't see that it's going to be a viable investment, certainly never be a currency. Okay, he's entitled to his opinion, right? Larry Fink at BlackRock, pretty much the same thing. Warren Buffett hasn't talked a lot about it like his partner, Charlie Munker, has, but Buffett has also kind of poo-pooed the idea of Bitcoin. I think, honestly, a, a lot of it is just not totally understanding an alternative investment. Warren Buffett knows stocks. He knows them inside and out. He doesn't really understand, I think, even a lot of the technology because even by his own admission, Warren Buffett has never purchased much in the way of technology. He was actually told by Bill Gates, a friend of his, he needed to buy Apple. And Buffett made eventually Apple one of his top holdings, and that has helped Berkshire Hathaway stock. So that kind of gives you the mindset. Warren Buffett's very old school. So he doesn't understand Bitcoin. He doesn't invest in it. Fine. But at a Bitcoin conference, Peter Thiel actually called Warren Buffett, and I quote, a sociopath grandpa from Omaha. Why? He called him enemy number one, the sociopathic grandpa from Omaha. And he gave this enemies list and he's talking about rat poison and all this. And I'm reading this going, oh my gosh, I'm pulling the Dave Portnoy stuff back into the mix here. Here's a younger guy. I thought this was a younger generation thing to just be so ridiculous and uncouth and have no class and go on Twitter and call people out. 
no respect at all. But here's a guy close. Well, he's 53. As I say, close to my age as I turned 60. Man, I can't believe that. 53. I, when I saw 53, I'm thinking, oh, he's about my age. Uh, yeah, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore, old guy. 53-year-old guy that now has resorted to that kind of thing. You may disagree with Warren Buffett, and I think part of it's politics. Warren Buffett is on the left. There's a lot of stuff that Warren Buffett does personally. Not my thing. I don't agree with. But I respect the guy. And if Warren Buffett wanted to sit down and talk about social issues that I don't agree with, I started off this segment saying, I would welcome the opportunity. This is how I am. And I know this is a little weird to a lot of people. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. But I, the folks like the InfoWars folks, and, and, and I will do some name calling here. These are nutcase people. They, they just are QAnon people. Now, there's a group of people that I draw the line. If you say you're you're QAnon and you believe that there that Hillary Clinton and a bunch of Democrats really are sucking the blood of kidnapped kids, then there's no reasonable discussion I'm going to have with you. I have no interest in talking to you. But you know what? Because I like to understand the other side. I've read books on QAnon written by people who believe it. I actually even read a book by somebody who wrote how 9-11 really was an inside job, even though I know going in, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. You're not even using critical thinking. People leak stuff out of the government all the time. There's no way that that would have stayed secret. I, I, I don't even need to go on, okay? That, that's just the most asinine thing, I'd have, one of the most that I've ever heard of. But I wanted to see how the other side came to this conclusion. And so I would make yellow little highlights. I'd go, well, that is interesting here, what they're talking about here. So to counter that, what would I do? I went and read a book written by the editors of uh, 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 Popular Mechanic, right? That, isn't, that, isn't that a magazine, Popular Mechanics? I'm pretty sure. Uh, but this was 20 years ago, and they wrote something refuting the people who had certain beliefs like, well, there was no way fire could melt the, the rods in that building. And, and the people at Popular Mechanics said, actually, that's not true. That can happen. And here's why. And they did all this testing. When it comes to climate change, I have certain viewpoints on that. I, I read Al Gore stuff and I watched his movie. Then I picked up a book called Red Hot Lies that talked about stuff that just is not being told accurately about climate change. That's how, I'm not saying that you all have to go out and, and be like Dave and do that. What I am saying is, man, have an open mind. Don't yell and scream at the other side. Don't call them names. What has happened to our culture? A guy like Peter Thiel, who's a brilliant guy, very successful. He's like joined this nutcase parade now where the only way to get noticed is to be outrageous and take a, an investing icon who I would think Peter Thiel would have a lot of respect for and put him on an enemies list because he would not fall in line and say that Bitcoin is something that we should all be looking at. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I admit to getting worried. And as my kids who are now getting into their late twenties, this is, these are some discussions that I have with them all the time. Do not engage. Do not get on Facebook and have arguments with people. Don't do it. Don't get on Twitter and repost something 
that's very outrageous just because, oh, dad, it's funny. Well, you may think it's funny, but somebody who is looking to hire you someday is going to look at that and say, that's not funny, and you won't get the job. They're going to use that against you. Do not engage in that. This is, And this is why, I, on the one hand, I like what Elon Musk is doing with Twitter and saying, look, we're just going to open this up to everybody, and maybe they can try to turn the temperature down instead of it being so one-sided, or maybe I'm being very naive about that. Who knows? All right, folks, we're going to totally just calm this down a little bit. I need to sort of come off the soapbox. I need to lighten the mood here a little bit and talk about something that, uh, well, I was able to do this week. I crossed off a bucket list. I know many of you have done this, but I'm telling you, man, I still have goosebumps thinking about it. And I want to explain that as we, uh, we get a little bit more lighthearted. I promise when we return, you're listening to at your service on Camel X. Welcome back, everybody. It's 936 in St. Louis at your service here. Dave Simons along with you. Good evening, everyone. It is April 7th. Uh, So everybody has a bucket list, right? And I'm going to narrow this down for sports. As a sports fanatic as I am, there are certain events or places that I would still love to go before I'm called away from God's green earth. And I think at the top of that list would be the Summer Olympics. I would love to go to the Olympics. I'm actually this July, I am going up to Eugene, Oregon to watch the world championship of track and field. That's the closest thing to the Olympics because this really, this isn't just like, I've been to the U.S. Olympic trials, which obviously isn't the same thing as the Olympics, but that was kind of cool. That was up in Eugene in 2016. What's happening in Eugene this summer is, um, is it's not just trials. These are Olympians in a lot of them. This is the world championship of track and field. But that's still not the Olympics. I think that would be the top of my bucket list for sports. Super Bowl. The problem there is, I even looked at at ticket prices out in LA. I mean, the cheapest ticket a week before that was like 10 or 12 grand. I just can't justify that. So I don't know if it's ever going to happen. Or or I would just go by myself because then what am I going to buy two of them? My wife and I, it's just not going to happen. A a final four game, basketball. Yeah, the championship game would be great, but I'll just take a final four. And then a, a little lower down, but I would love to see a World Cup soccer game. And even the Tour de France, the problem with the Tour You go all the way over there to France, and it's not like you can sit in a place and just watch something for a couple of hours like all the aforementioned other events. You know, you're sitting there, and you see everyone fly by. It's like, okay, that lasted about 10 seconds. Now what do we do the rest of the day? And it's not like a marathon, watching a marathon where you can then find other places to to go watch them come back the other way. You're not going to be able to get in a car and drive side roads and get ahead of them because they're already going 30 miles per hour plus. So I... I would say Final Four Super Bowl and Olympics I'd put right there. Well, guess what? There was something else that was up there that I got to cross off this week. I got to finally go down to Augusta National and walk the hallowed grounds where the Masters is currently being played. I've been to um, other events, of course, at Bell Reve has had the PGA Championship, so I've been fortunate enough to, to watch one of the majors, but... The Masters was everything to me, and I don't know if many of you know this, but you have to 
submit your name in a lottery, which I've done in the past only a couple of times. That's on me. I should do it more often, but you know, you get, you don't get anything. You kind of give up. Well, a good friend of mine actually got in the lottery and offered me a ticket like, Oh my gosh. So yeah, I kind of owe, owe my life to this guy. So there were actually three of us who went down there. We had tickets for both Monday and Wednesday, and we were kind of lucky because Tuesday was just washed out. Monday was the most beautiful day. I'm telling you, if you've never been there, you don't even have to be a golf fan. The closest comparison I can make of the experience, and it has nothing to do with the game of golf. If you've ever been to Disneyland or Disney World, I mean, Augusta National is like Walt Disney himself got with Bobby Jones, the golfer of the 1920s and 30s, who basically co-designed and helped build Augusta National. It's like Walt Disney and Bobby Jones got together and had an offspring, and it became Augusta National Golf Course that we now know as the, where the Masters is being played. Because you walk into this place. I'm not kidding. It has that Disney World feel to it. You have all the crowd walking in through the gates. In some areas, you go up and down uh, through the turnstiles and the bars like you're ready to get on a ride somewhere. The grass is pristine. Even some corner off to some place that has nothing to do with the golf course itself is pristine. It looks fake. It's all real. It looks almost like AstroTurf. There is no trash anywhere, just like the Disney complexes. As you know, you think, you wonder, how, why is there's not even a bubblegum wrapper? And people respect that. You go into the restroom and they have workers in there who are happy to be there. And it's so crowded in there. It's like a machine. There are guys at the back who are working at like the men's restroom yelling, we got three back here. And then, okay, then they'll be, okay, three, you three go back there. And then you do your thing. You walk out and... And, and they're, hey, welcome to the Masters. Everybody who works there is thrilled to be there. Now, of course, there's probably a reason because the help, the and they're all volunteers. Most of them are anyway. They get to play the course next week. How about that? I talked to one guy who was working the 10th hole on the fairway. I said, man, how many years have you been a volunteer here? He said, this is my 15th year. I'm like, whoa. I said, how many times have you gotten to play the course? 14. <laughs> wow, man. How cool is that? And then following some of the players, of course, which I've done before, and I've seen Tiger play a couple of times, but there was something special about this time because nobody knew if he was going to play or not. And I will tell you, I will admit something to you. I followed Tiger for a few of the holes, and he was limping noticeably. For those of you who forgot, he was in a very, very serious, almost fatal car accident in February of a year ago. Just totally demolished his right leg. They've had to rebuild it. He's had to strengthen it again. He's not played golf since then, he, it, competitively. And so there was a Tiger sighting last week out there. I guess he flew in just to kind of give it a shot, see how the leg was. And when I saw him play on Monday and he finished he played nine. Most of them do on these practice rounds. He finished the ninth hole. He's walking to the green and he was limping. And I turned to my buddies and I said, he's not going to do it. 
I don't see how he's going to walk 18 holes four days in a row, assuming he makes the cut. When he is limping that noticeably after playing just nine today, and this is re- this is supposed to be a relaxing day, but I guess he figured, you know what? And most people, a somewhat injured Tiger Woods is still pretty darn good, as we saw today. I think he finished one under. He's 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 going to be right there. I I I think the world of the guy. I do, and I just. Hope he does very, very well. But cross that off the bucket list. And it was quite the experience. And it and television does not do it justice. I knew it would be hilly. But there, it, it's like there is no flat ground anywhere. It just doesn't exist. It's just constantly undulating. And then you see these guys. I am 5'10", about 175. Very kind of a normal, almost boring build, right? I'm not really tall. I'm not short. You know, I'm not really skinny. I'm certainly not heavy. I'm just kind of in the, you know, in this middle, 5'10", 175. I, there are guys out there who are my size. There's one guy even shorter and, and skinny, a lot of skinny guys. Hitting this, hit off the drive 320 yards, and I think it's all torque, man. Yes, I know they're young. I know they're young, in their 20s, didn't matter. When I was in my 20s, I couldn't do that either. It's just this genetic thing. I'll tell you, man, it's it's a, it's a, a deadly combination, and I mean this in a good way. Genetics plus hard work creates magic. And when you, guy, when you have some of these players that you see who are genetically predispositioned to be incredible athletes, and then they put in the work, Incredible things happen. I have used that example many times, and I always talk about Michael Jordan because Jordan, to me, is one of the most genetically gifted athletes that you have ever found. But the guy, nobody outworked MJ. Nobody. You take the genetics, but they're meaningless if you don't do something with them. And more than that, you actually work harder than anybody else. And that's what these golfers do. They go out and they practice and they practice and they practice. I watched John Rahm, who is favored to win the Masters, sit up at one spot in the sand for 20 minutes, just shot after shot after shot after shot, 20 minutes in the same area. And then he went to a different area. Then he went and played nine, and then he went back to the range, and he played more. And this was on a Monday, and you do it Tuesday, and you do it Wednesday, and you play four rounds, and you repeat it. That's why these guys are so good. They have the genetics, for sure, but they work awfully darn hard. Bucket list crossed off, and I'm one happy boy. We'll be right back. All right, my friends, 10 minutes before the top of the hour. And, uh, well, this is going to end my edition tonight on At Your Service. Dave Simons along with you. Thanks uh, for the ride. I've enjoyed it very much. I don't know when I'm going to be back on again. But uh, at some point when the Cardinals do not have an evening game, I hope to be invited back because I I love doing this. And when I do fill in for At Your Service, I like to end – the show with more in my wheelhouse, my lane, my area of expertise, which is on the financial side of things, investing, economics. And the typical question that I get, let's say at the old, you know, neighborhood party when people aren't sure what I do. Oh, you're a certified financial planner. 
well, man, where do you think the stock market's going? It's been that way forever. Everyone wants to kind of know your opinion. All right. I'll give you my opinion. There's no guarantee of anything, right? But I'm going to do it in a different way. I want to tell you kind of what my, my, my biggest concern is. And if we can avoid this, I think the market's going to do fine. And I think we'll finish up. Uh, I think the market's going to make up its um, uh, declines this year and post a positive gain, except for one concern that I have. And it's not the war as tragic and horrible as that is. That's not what is going to impact the U.S. stock market in an overly negative way. It will weigh on it, but it's not going to push us into some major bear market. It's the Fed, folks. It's, it's Fed Chairman Jay Powell and his cohorts who have just been way too late. And I, I'm a contrarian on the investing side. I hate to be in the majority, and I hate to pile on when everybody is saying the same thing. But in this case, I have to. I have no choice. I have publicly said on the Dollars and Cents show since last summer, the Fed needs to address this inflationary problem before it gets out of hand, and they need to stop and they need to wind down their easy money policies. They need to stop stimulating the economy here. And they just kept sending in tens of billions of dollars every month until last month. And even the Fed, even Jay Powell came around and said, yeah, this isn't transitory anymore. I get it. I didn't quite get this right. And they were still because the Fed just feels like they they can't all of a sudden abruptly change course. Yeah, they can. They can say, yeah, I know we had a plan to continue to pump money into the market into March of 2022. But here we are in the fall of 2021. And we're going to stop it. But they wouldn't do it. Now they've created this big problem. OK, what's done is done. What are you going to do from going forward? Yeah, you got to get aggressive and you got to raise rates. But my fear is, is it too late? And here's the key. Are they going to be aggressively raising rates now into an economy that could potentially be slowing down? Now, that's not happening at this point. Right now, the economy remains strong. Ask any employer about how easy it is to go out and find high quality talent to fill spots and they'll tell you it's been next to impossible. That is actually a good sign for the economy, which means that the economy is running on all cylinders and it's also going to continue to push wages up. Some areas are doing better than others, but it just shows you yet another sign that the economy is doing well. I know there's a big debate about real estate. I happen to be of the opinion that this is not a bubble. This is not 2007 and 8, and you're going to get a real estate market crash. A lot of different reasons why prices went up back then and why that was such a hot commodity. Those same reasons do not exist today. This is purely the results of the supply and demand equilibrium that got out of whack. Low supply, big demand. It will start to fix itself and the rate of growth, the so-called delta, will start to shrink in terms of price growth. But you're not going to see a crash. So that part of the economy, in my opinion, is also going to stay fairly strong. All this talk about stagflation, which we saw in the 70s, I don't agree with that. I think what we could have is just good old classic inflation that the Fed is having a tough time reining in and they'll have to get more aggressive, more aggressive, and that will cause a recession. As I sit here today on April 7th, 2022, 
I still believe the odds are a little better than 50-50 that we will not dip into a recession. But as I've stated, and I tell clients all this all the time, I can be very confident in a lot of my opinions, but I'm not confident on that one. I'm just very honest. I'm letting the data speak for itself. So we are staying still somewhat defensive in portfolios, knowing that at some point we might come to the conclusion, uh-oh, we are heading into a recession. It's not today or tomorrow. I'm talking about a recession either way late in 2022 or perhaps even 2023. But it's a very strong possibility. Will the Fed engineer the so-called soft landing? which the Fed has done a couple of times before, but the, frankly, the track record isn't very good. A soft landing is where everything is just right, where you are able to just slightly raise interest rates. Goldilocks and the three bears, right? Everything is just right. Not too hot, not too cold. So we'll raise rates a little bit, not too hot. We'll bring the economy to this soft landing, not a recession, just perfect. It's happened once in the last decade, but like I said before, the track record of the Fed doing that is not very good. Bottom line, they just waited too long. And now they've got to rush into this and we might, are we going to get a Volcker situation like the early 80s and have to raise rates far too high and choke the economy? So that's something to keep in mind, folks, as stock investors. I still believe the market can hang in there. I'm not a big bear, but there are enough concerns out there that we remain cautiously defensive in a lot of our positions. All right, folks, have a great rest of your uh, week and weekend, and we'll hopefully talk to you very soon. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.